Okay, humans, before the show begins, this is a Jason Seib episode. Uh, we are going to talk to Jason a lot about the self-care initiative. And so since the recording of the interview and today, just June 3rd, a few weeks have gone by, uh, there's been a slight change uh, in in the program and how it works. So I'm recording this to tell you at the end of the interview, if you, and I say this at the end of the interview as well, but if you are interested in the self-care initiative and learning more about it, there's not a website or anything, you, have, you need to email me and say, hey, Mark, I want to know more about the self-care initiative and I will send you a link that you can go to. It's just a way that uh, he's tracking stuff. So, uh, uh, and he, he doesn't want this to just be out there for anybody. It's kind of an exclusive deal. It's the way he's got it set up. So if you are interested in the self-care initiative, when you get to the end of the interview, email me at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Tell your story. How did you get... Like, what, were you just, like, sitting, like, at a bus stop one time and, like, the Department of Defense was like, you should come over here. That's how I imagine. <laughs> That's the most random. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I was sitting that, at a bus stop. I can't believe you guessed that. Did you read that in my blog? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did. That- it's episode 203 of the Simple Human Podcast with your host, Mark and two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can be more of a human yourself. Living more like even I know that. And you can start living more like a human today. I was distracted. I was trying to do something. There's a bird out the window. <laughs> There's a squirrel. Um, so on today's show, uh, we have Jason Seib. You know him. You love him. He was one of my first guests. When we first had him on, he was like, uh, he was like, if I was now interviewing like uh, Chris Helmsworth, like. Thor. Hemsworth? Helmsworth? I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was like, I was like... So we're, so we're having Thor on the show? No. Fangirl, I was fangirling over Jason, and now we're like buds. <laughs> we like text well and stuff. Then. Yeah, we're friends. <laughs> Braggy montage. Tony Romo to be on the show. So so we can all- <laughs> Tony Roma. How do you say his name? No one gets that joke. Sorry. Um, So, first of all, this is not what I had planned to talk about, but uh, Jen got to hang out with Miley Cyrus this weekend. No big deal. I think, here's your Uh, tie-in. Hemsworth. It's his brother. Okay. Yeah. There's three of them? Is this right? Yes. Okay, because I saw, like, a clip of an old Saturday Night Live, and three of them were on stage. They all kind of three looked alike, and I was like, (laughs) Isn't that the guy from that movie that I, I literally have not seen any of their movies, not a single one, but uh, I Googled it today yep. and I was like, oh, I'll be danged. There are three brothers. And one, of my, like, one of them is dating Miley Cyrus. They're married. Carl through broken glass. <laughs> so what, Tar- Taron Killam, was that his name? This SNL guy? Was it Taron Killam? You know? uh, yes, I think so. One of my favorite SNL skits was when he and Thor, Chris Hemsworth, Helmsworth were like twin brothers. And and everyone, you know, he's I like, love how, like two minutes ago, I was pretending like I've never even heard of that name <laughs> today. And like two minutes later, I'm like, yeah, I was Googling all of them. And did you know they are not approval, yeah. approving of his relationship with Miley Cyrus? Yeah. 
<laughs> Who would so have thought the he, lady was naked on a wrecking ball? <laughs> she's changed, Rick. That was a long time ago. I think it's hey, listen, I am all for her doing whatever the heck she wants to do. She wants to get all weird and make a bunch of YouTube videos of her getting, you know, weird tripping her tripping her face off. Like, hey man, that's hilarious. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. Okay, so the second thing, this is what I was gonna tell you. So and then I can't remember the other thing. Um so I emceed a banquet yesterday. <laughs> what? The image I get of you emceeing a banquet is you, like, with two turntables, and you're just, uh, uh, hey, everybody, uh, my name's MC Raj. Uh, I'll be spinning some tunes for you. MC Raji Raj? Not DJing. And everyone's like, uh, that's not the kind of uh, MC we've been DJ for. is what we uh, were going after. What? DJ, MC, not DJ. No, MC, like MC is in uh, Hammer? Young MC. MC. The letters M and C. That's MC Hammer. Rapper would use that term uh, many times to. That's. God, you were ridiculous. Are you finished? I'm done. I'm done forever. Goodbye. He <laughs> just hangs up. Well, I guess I'll call Jason. So, okay, very quickly. You know Steve Keenum. Yes, I do. It's Case Keenum's father, Case Keenum. The man, you are like really – oh, man, the Bruins just scored an awesome goal. Oh, you are name, name dropping. So anyway, he's in charge of this thing, and I and I emcee this event that he has every year, and it's fine, and it's it's really easy, and I read a script, and it's fine. And half like – My pants up. and during, <laughs> So during the like keynote speaker's speech yesterday he walked over to me and was like hey we're cutting out the part about the officials because they're not here so like there's this whole paragraph about thanking them you don't have to do that because they didn't they're not here it's like okay so like i walk back up and there's like don't tell uh, listen i'm the mc all right so i don't need notes from you i don't need you or anybody to be my mother I was in the vocal majority. <laughs> Shut <right>? up. <laughs> I MC the fifth grade Sigler Elementary everyone, talent everyone, show. Everyone Google uh, <laughs> the vocal majority. <laughs> are you, now are you finished? <laughs> okay, now I'm finished. No, now you're finished and I just hang up on you. So I walk back up and there's kind of this awkward pause. You know, it's like he's done, everyone claps. And then as I'm walking up, there's kind of this silence waiting for me to come back up and speak into the microphone, right? So, well, when he told me that, my my script was up on the podium, so I couldn't, like, scratch it off with my pen. I was like, well, I'll just, like, I'll just recognize that paragraph and just skip to the next paragraph. Well, I got up there, and I, it was, you know, everyone was very quiet. Everyone was staring at me, and I thought I skipped the paragraph, and the, it started, the big country, F, da, 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 and it was, like, the thing, right? And, well, I said, the big country, and then realized that this was the paragraph that I was supposed to not say, so I went, so this is what it sounded like in real time. So just go with the pause. Go with the pause here, okay? So this is what I did. I went, the big country is a place. <laughs> like, like, I, 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 it's all like, oh, stupid echo. So I, as I was like, the silence was me like trying to find, oh, crap, like where... Where was I supposed to go? And I, when I found it, then I was like, I couldn't just... So I had already said the big country and just let it hang there. So I was just like, the big country is a place. And every, mind, it, I'm, I'm looking this up right now on YouTube. Uh, of, <laughs> like, somewhat, like a guy, uh, Dick Stockton, 
uh, he's an NFL broadcaster. He's terrible. He does play by play for Fox and he pulled a Ron Burgundy kind of like this. Hang on. Uh, hang on. Can I? I'm, I'm texting it to you right now. Oh, okay. Well, email it to me and I can play it. Okay. On the hang show. On. Let's see. Share. Um, uh, email. email. Uh, and you click in the S and then the. Wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Simply. Oh, God, it's so many letters. By oh, way, gosh. A lot of letters, by the way. We have lots There's... of, I have lots of unread emails. <laughs> just, by the way, just, uh, I don't think we've said this in quite some time. If you feel like you'd like to say something to us, I don't do Twitter. Oh, man, what a goal from Bacchus. No Three nothing. Oh, here we go. Kurt Terry, Howie, Michael, and Tony look on graphic for the final two bullet points. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I watched that. Hold on, listen to it again if you missed it the first time. Kurt Terry, Howie, Michael, and Tony look on graphic for the final two bullet points. <laughs> look on graphic for the final two bullet I, points. I'm not kidding you. I've seen that 75 times. That oh little my five second clip 75 well, times, and I laughed harder now than I did uh, when I first saw it. Coming up at halftime, Terry, Howie, and Jimmy will talk about things that are written on the screen that you should look at. They look on graphic for the final two bullet points. (laughs) He doesn't even realize he's done it. And if if, like there's an oh, uh... and like the play-by-play guy or the the color analyst like kind of lays out on him for like three or four seconds. It's like. Do you realize what you just said? Thing. It's complete silence. And he's like, uh, 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 well, that just looks like the nickel de- uh, defense going out on the field there. <laughs> man, man. Oh, oh. Did you hear that? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm getting a weird echo. A bit's gone. Um, What else was I going to say? I was going to say about. Oh, your best friend. <laughs> Facebook. Oh. The name of the guy who's the Wolverine guy. God, I can never think of his name. Well, I'm not going to tell you, Mr. Jerkhead. <laughs> huh. aren't, don't you look silly. Okay, the genesis of that is in our group text, Mark mentioned something about how he knows a guy who knows a guy who like knows the ex-dog walker for Hugh Jackman. That's right. Excuse so- me. My brother's <laughs> sister-in-law was in his show on Broadway. Thank you. And there's a picture so, of my brother ex- and Hugh Jackman. The ex-mailman of his dog walkers. No, uh, it was his, cousin. it was actually him. Lawnmower. And so we spent the next three days in the group text. <laughs> just, just punching me in the nuts. Like punching Mark's balls in over Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Man, oh, what man. else was I going to tell you? I, it was Facebook, or, or not Facebook, uh, the Miley Cyrus thing. The uh, the big country is a place. <laughs> is a location. All right. Well, uh, let's get to Jason. We're going to talk to Jason about lots of cool stuff. <laughs> That's an awesome tease. Just, just shut up and listen. Mark said six thirty-five, and you guys started a minute before me. Huh. What is this? You're on Pacific time. <laughs> you... I was going to say, whoa, whoa, listen here, uh, Michael J. Fox, you're in the past right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm on um, I'm on the time that the rest of the world counts from. What? It's, uh, 
It's Pacific time. I think Central is the central time that the world revolves around. I think that's why it's called Central. Hey, can I make a confession to all of you? What? To both of you and all seven people listening to the show, I consider myself to be a reasonably smart person. (sighs) I'm I'm required to do any kind of like time zone calculation at all. Uh, it, It short circuits my brain. No, it's very easy. No, no, it's not very easy. Yeah, you like, just subtract like one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> but like, uh, what if I like to uh, GMT. That's like all my legal work that I have to do is all done in like GMT time. And I'm like, oh god, was that six hours ahead or six hours? Okay, six hours uh, behind. So now I got to subtract six, and I'm looking for like an abacus, and I just can't, I can't handle it. I just can't. <laughs> we all, the whole world, need to all adopt one time zone. That would be and, very and, hard. Listen, in New York City, it'll be 11 a.m. and it's uh, you know the morning time, and at the same time in Tokyo, it's also 11 a.m. but it's the middle of the night. Like that's just we okay. just all standardize that way. Yeah, the good thing though is that most scheduling software has you covered. Yeah, it, it'll, it just tells people in their own time zone. <laughs> well, Computer Jones over here with his software. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it doesn't solve all the problems yeah. because sometimes you got to talk to somebody on the phone and try to figure it out on the fly. All right, we got Steve Jobs on the line. Here. <laughs> that would the Steve Jobs. It's like he's like uh, telling you a lot your of listeners today. Yeah, <laughs> he's okay. Well, I have a. I saw a snake video today, Jason. Oh yeah. Jason is a snake expert, and I need oh, to. Kind of was. I need, I need to send you this video. It's this like it's this guy. He's like in, it's in somewhere in like Eastern Europe. Okay, that's like the the the, the context, and it's like this. Looks like a very like halfway done like kind of a circus type deal. Like there's like people watching, and he's like in tights, and he's like, you know, like a gymnast like a or gymnast. something. And he takes this boa constrictor, and mm-hmm. he wraps it around his neck. And he like does his hands out, you know, and everyone's like clapping and everything. And he like goes down to his one knee and like does his hands out, and he's got this boa constrictor around his neck, and then, <laughs> he he's fine, he's fine. Mm-hmm. He like he collapses because <laughs> the snake like started to like <laughs> strangle him, and he just like goes totally limp. And it's like thirty seconds before anybody like realizes that this isn't part of the show. <laughs> it's and these two. Die? These two guys like run over and like take the snake off, and they like try to lift his arm up, and like his face, his, his like torso like comes off the ground like a dead body, and he just gotta like, send just that to me. Oh, oh, I watched it like oh, the ten best times. part is when his head fell off. <laughs> when yeah. the snake started to slowly eat him, and no one did anything. Everyone just watched him be eaten. Oh, God. Um, awful. Okay, um, you know what we've never done uh, with Jason Rick is the birthday game, so we're gonna do that now. Uh, Jason, if you're not familiar, but Mark and I each get one crack at picking, uh, your birthday month and day, uh, completely randomly out of the blue, one out of, uh, 365 chance of nailing it. I am the only one who has legitimately nailed it so far. It was Michelle Lane, uh, that I did. Oh, really? wow. oh that's right. Nailed hers right on the button. Yeah. And it was like, I won a uh, hundred Stanley cups. So Mark, I will defer to you okay. since I recently caught uh, and uh, censored for cheating uh, in this game. So I will let you go first. All right. Let's see. Uh, putting my hands to my head, and I'm going to say... Cheating. I know what's happening. March 12th. Yeah, you nailed it. Wait, what? 
You did cheat so I got it. <laughs> you know, you were just talking cross talk about how, oh, yeah, we're buddies. Uh, we talk all the time. And I'm like, oh, I know his birthday. Yeah, I, know his, but, I know his birthday. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, was, uh, I was supposed to play along and make it sound like Mark was actually the, okay, the, uh, the, best the swami. Of, the best part of me cheating was that, like, I cheated every show for, like, a month and a half. <laughs> And I even tried to make it like super obvious by like one time getting it like one day off of the birthday, and then mm. the next guess like one day on the other side. It was completely totally obvious, and Mark never picked up on it until I confessed <laughs> while we were recording. I was like, hey, "I've been cheating since like November on this," and he was like, "What?" I th- <laughs> oh, that makes sense because um, no human being is can possibly guess like eight random people's birthdays right in a row, and not <laughs> yeah being like some sort of devil worshiper which very quickly rick before we get into the interview um and we're recording all this but um jason yeah, you guys really do it like a a, a a big fired up um intro yeah i can tell Dream of consciousness, uh, uh, genre here so uh yeah. jason's wife's one of jason's wife's favorite movies is one of our favorite movies okay what what do you think that is Tommy Boy? Correct. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was, it, when you said favorite movies, literally the very first thing that flashed to my head was, oh, it's got to be Tommy yeah. Boy. We together. When, when we get together, Mark and Cheryl just quote Tommy Boy <laughs> until Jen and I are just like, like our eyes have rolled so much we've got a headache. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, well, let's get on this. Thanks for letting us call you five minutes late. I was actually, right before the call, was asked to officiate a wedding. And so I couldn't just be Man, like... Man, you are adding all kinds of entry to the bragging monster. Shut up. I couldn't that, just be that like... That must have been a really short wedding. Yeah. It was supposed to go on at 6.30, and you were already on by 6. 6.35. Uh, we were at the courthouse. He yeah. just points at the guy. He's like, how about you? Uh, I do. Just I'm in. Finger gun to the chin. <laughs> you... Alright, you later. You're married. Do you? Yeah. Sorry guys. Uh it's an honor. Uh see ya. Okay. All right, Jason. We've had trying to get you back on for a long time. You have some really cool stuff going on. And we I feel like you are such a friend of the show that but maybe that we do have some people. So why don't you do like a very short who is Jason Seib uh kind of a deal for anyone who maybe of the very small chance that there's anybody that doesn't know who you are. Okay. Well, Jason Seib, the man is a 45 year old guy living in uh, the Portland metropolitan area in Oregon. Uh, I, my beautiful wife, Cheryl and, and three young girls are the, are the, uh, the human beings that, that make my life worthwhile. But uh, Jason Seib, the professional, is uh, an author and a speaker. I started in the in the paleo world and um, kind of advanced through uh, to creating my own diet, which is sort of an extension of that called Alt Shift. And uh, written a couple of books that did pretty well, and had a few podcasts. Uh, currently, the Alt Shift podcast is the one I do now, and um, that podcast it, it has had its shining moments. I think. For about ten seconds, we were at number one on iTunes. Oh um, man! And uh, that yeah, was for, not when I was like when you go to the Alt Shift like podcast museum. There's going to be mm-hmm. like a very small little uh, display about when I was the co-host. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we're that? not. We're, That's we're not more of an apology. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the podcast isn't really killing it now either. And I mean, yeah. it's not that. I just I've very much refined my message, and that has very much sharpened my audience. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not aiming at the entire world, fat loss world anymore. But uh, the meandering story that took took us to or took me to the places that you know we're probably going to talk about tonight has got me uh, in a in a bit of a different place than I was before, and working much more with a more exclusive audience. The majority of the people I work with are. Um, frustrated yo-yo dieting women, typically over 30, 35 years old, uh, lots of frustration, body image issues, things like that in their past. And I help them get consistent for usually the first time ever and get them the, get them the results they want, but not through necessarily the, uh, the standard methodology. So I'm always interested to, to know um, what like your thought is on like the current, you know, cause like when you and I first met the, the climate is different now than it was back then. And it's kind of, it's been kind of yeah. fun watching your kind of sort of evolution, you know, through all, all this stuff and, and you're and but, but it really like, there's this, there's this evolution that's been taking place like around your message, but you, mm-hmm. I feel like your message is the same message that it was, like five years ago, you know? And so, so like, yeah. what is your like uh, a commentary on the current climate right now? Well, it's interesting how everybody seems to kind of, well, I mean, a lot of like, for example, it would, I think you're probably getting at is how a lot of the paleo people have moved towards the keto and things right. like this. Is that what you're, yeah. And it's interesting. I, I, I mean, I don't think either of those are bad diets, paleo and keto, or, I mean, they're just, I, I came from the paleo world and I've extensively experimented with clients and keto. I feel like personally I can do better for people than either one of those uh, protocols, but you know, that that's, I mean, the people that are, that have made those moves are still some of my, my friends and even mentors, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. The, the market always changes. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, the, well, we're, if you're talking about weight loss and dieting, that part is, 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 it's simple. It's just, it's simple. Right. And people don't like to, to hear people say that, but it is every single time I talk to a brand new woman, I will like ask a baby, her, like a brand, like a baby, like, right. Yeah. Like yeah, a, yeah. Every time I talk to a, a brand a, new a human. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. So every time I talk to a woman that I've never talked to before, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how I could help her. One of the questions I always, always ask is how many times have you lost and regained at least 10 pounds, not including pregnancies. And because of the type of women that come to me, obviously there's a, a bias in, in my market here, but these are frustrated women. And the, the, the usual answers go anywhere from eight or 10 times out to more times than I could count Ugh. or every year of my adult life. And if I follow that question with, so what would you like my help with? Every time she will say weight loss to which I respond, but you're amazing at that. Right. You're really good at it. You yeah. do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. So you do it all the time, but then you quit. And so it's kind of like my analogy is kind of like, I'm not even sure what your original question was. Now I'm getting off track. No, but no, my, this is what I wanted you to do. Yeah. Yeah. My analogy is like you, 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 you have a car 
and you drive it for like three or four weeks. And then you very deliberately turn the wheel, veer off the road, slam that car into a tree. And you get out and you're looking at this wrecked car and you're going, crap, this is like the fourth time I've done this. What am I going to do to not keep crashing into these trees? Maybe I'll buy a Toyota. <laughs> like you just you get a different vehicle, right? It's not going to change the behavior. Yeah. They're, they're not even touching on the problem. Yeah. Not, not even touching on the problem. And uh, I mean, maybe I I'll get like a I'm, different sound system. That's what it'll, that's what I'll do. I'll put in some like subwoofers. That's that'll right. help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are we going down this route now? Do you want me to, yeah, to go do the whole keep going. Race? Just keep, keep going. Yeah. Here, here, so. yeah. Okay. I think I did some of this uh, before, but uh, you know, let's go back and give you a brief history real quick. So t uh, eight, 10 years ago, eight, nine years ago, maybe I'm running around the country with Sarah Fragoso of everyday paleo. And we're doing, uh, we're doing talks and, uh, and then we had a, po we had our podcast. We were doing really well with that. It was always really well uh, rated. Then I wrote the paleo coach. The first third of that book was called the think section. Sarah and I at this whole time are saying our, our jobs are about minds, not bodies. Then in September, September 3rd of 2015, I released the alt shift diet. Two days after that, we released the Alt Shift Facebook. That, wait, group. that was 2015? Yeah. Crazy, That's right? crazy. Yeah. So jump ahead about four months or four weeks after that. And from there until like, I don't know, a couple of years, I am swimming in before and after photos. Mm -hmm. you, you remember. Yeah. You remember those days. Yeah. It was just, you get in the Facebook group and it was every day people were posting. We got up to like 6,500 people in that Facebook group. That Facebook group has now been shut down, by the way. But it, it, you, by me, not by Facebook. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble. Yeah. So he broke too many rules. <laughs> right. So we are swimming in before and after pictures. It's unbelievable. I have achieved the dream for any weight loss coach. And then virtually all of those people quit. And then either two weeks or two years later, within that amount of time, virtually all of those people, not all of them, but a huge number of those people come back and go, I don't know. I quit. They're asking me, Jason, why did I quit? It worked great. Everything went super well. My, I, I felt, I felt great. It was easy. Like yeah. it was easy. Yeah. So like, if you ask people what they want, they'll say weight loss. But if you dig deep enough, you'll find that people want to lose weight. They want to be able to keep it off. They want to feel good, so it needs to promote health, and it can't be so hard that they can't keep it up long term. And we had produced all of that, and they were telling me that that I had produced that, and they these are people who had gotten the amazing results, and they were all coming back for round two, which is far harder than round one because at round two you're looking back and thinking about how far you have to go to get back to where you were. There's a lot of negative psychology there. So the only question that that became my, my, the whole focus of my career was why do people quit? Cause this isn't about protocols. Clearly. No, not one person said I quit because of carbs or fat or protein right. or calories or the shifts or not one of those people said that they all, and, and virtually nobody knew why they quit. They would tell stories like I, I ate a cookie and then I felt like I really ruined something. So I just went off the rails and I just kept saying I was going to get back on track. And next thing you know, a bunch of time had went by, or I, I lost the weight and then I sabotaged myself because I just felt so, so much like this just couldn't be real or I wasn't good enough. I didn't deserve these results. 
or, you know, I, I deserved a treat. So I had a treat and then pretty soon I started deserving treats more often. So the only thing I'm concerned about is what, why do people quit? And I'm working with my friend, psycholo- my psychologist friend, Robert Beeswas Diener, huge psychologist, prominent, massive career, talks all over the place, written books, um, but brilliant guy. And uh, we are getting together most weeks to discuss this subject, everything, you know, from evolutionary biology and evolutionary psychology all the way through to, um, you know, cognitive distortions and, and uh, you know, uh, act therapy and everything that could possibly relate even out on the fringes. And I ended up writing Body Beliefs, which was another book that I wrote that was really well accepted. I only sold it for about six months on Amazon before I started giving, it's still for sale there, but I started giving it away and I gave it away for quite a while. It still ended up with a bunch of great reviews though. So if you, if you're listening to this and want to check it out, go to Amazon and look at body beliefs and you can read the reviews. I think it still has 5.0 stars, which is nuts, but, um, I, uh, I should check that before yeah. I just start saying, <laughs> I haven't looked in a long time. Yeah. It's probably like 4.2 now. Um, but uh, the, the whole subject of my existence starts to wrap around that question. Why do people quit? And we've come really, really far in, in our understanding of that Robert and I, and me doing it day to day with, with uh, the women that I work with. And I've learned some just astonishing things. And I can't remember what we've talked about last when I was on the podcast last because it's been a while because you jerks don't invite me back. We talked the last time you were on. I was thinking about this and it's probably been like two years, but we talked all we, all we did was talk about spiders. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I forgot about that. <laughs> it was one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> yeah. So where we're at now is I will. I have a really hard time describing, you know, somebody asked me what I do for a living. I was like, God, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a fat loss coach, but it's way beyond that. But let's say I talked to that woman that I mentioned a minute ago for the first time and start asking her about her situation. She's going to oftentimes just break into all of the to-do list tasks, the rules. So um, well, tell me why you're on the phone with me here and what, what you're hoping to achieve today. Well, I just, I'm having a really hard time losing weight and, and I'm eating this and I'm moving like this and I'm doing this. I've done this in the past and this, and it's just the, the physical tangible, this is what I do stuff. And then I'll ask, so why do you want to lose weight? And it's just like, I just slam the brakes on the conversation. She's just stuck. Like, well, I, well, I, and then she'll start grasping at straws and I'll hear things like, well, you know, I'd like to be healthier. Okay, so wait a minute. So you get on the scale and it's up five pounds tomorrow morning. First thing you're going to say is, oh, crap, I'm not as healthy. No, that's not what you're going right. to say. You're going to say, oh, crap, I'm not as pretty. So then she'll say something about confidence. I, well, I want to be confident. Okay, well, you go to the bookstore right now, grab a book on confidence, flip through the first chapter. Guarantee you it never mentions the word diet. If you go to a psychologist and ask him to help you, him, oh, sorry, or her to help you with, uh, with gaining more confidence, that psychologist is absolutely not going to say, okay, first we got to get you down to a size six. <laughs> and you already know people bigger than you who are more confident than you and smaller than you who are way less confident than you. So this is not a constant. So let me break this down for you. Here's why you want to lose weight. You want to lose weight because... You 
are hoping that it will make you be less mean to you. Sure, a couple of people in your life have said some rotten things to you. Maybe you had a boyfriend for a long time who did it, and you didn't get rid of him for a while. Rick. Maybe you're Maybe <laughs> listen, uh, Mark, uh, I think you know how I roll. So, <laughs> so uh, they, you, you, the problem is, is that those people are, you know, there are bad people behaving badly. And, and but the, the real issue here is that you don't get to escape you. You're with you all day. And every time you see your reflection in the mirror, you rip yourself up for a while. If you see a picture you don't know somebody took, you rip yourself up for a while. And it's this constant, oh, I don't like me. I need to change me so that I can like me. I need to get, I'm at point A. When I get to point B, I will be valuable. From now until then, I'm in the land of not valuable or loser. I'm not there. I have not succeeded. So then I go, okay, do you have kids? Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say no. I'll say, let's pretend you do. You've got a seven-year-old little girl. This is what I want you to do. Every morning, you're going to wake up, you're going to look at her, and you're going to go, holy crap, you're just such a disappointment. I'm, I, I feel like when we're around other kids, you can't be like them, that you're probably never going to be like them, and they're likely all judging you. And I don't understand why you didn't catch this before now. Why did you let this get so bad? Don't you have any self-worth to be able to, to, to catch this before it gets this bad? Let's, let's just go see if we can make some decent choices today. And with any luck, we'll be able to turn you into something that I can finally love. It's disgusting, right? right? I mean, you have kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely shouldn't do that. Shut up. (laughs) Scribbling down notes. It sounds like horrible child abuse. Right. And yet this is the exact methodology that almost every woman I work with is using to try to create beauty. This is the part where some, some of the women listening will be like, well, okay, maybe some women, but I don't say those kinds of things. Okay. Maybe you don't say it to that extreme, but I want you to think about what you do say and picture saying that to a child or to a friend, for example, Oh, you need to change that shirt. It makes you look fat. Ever say something like that to a friend. Even just the little tiny nitpicky, oh God, I'm so dumb. What'd I do that for? Any Those little nitpicky things, even though they're not a tirade aimed at yourself, they're emotional abuse. If they were aimed at another human being, you would be a horrible human being. And yet, these are the tools that most women think they will use to sculpt beauty. So my job then becomes to try to help them find intrinsic motivations, an internal locus of control, and build the self-worth necessary to do all of these things like self-care. Like, I am awesome, and I want my life to be as awesome as possible. So these things that I do are not about me doing them long enough to finally like myself. They're worthwhile in this individual moment. I sit down to this meal of steak and broccoli, not because if I do this 50 times, I can run over to the scale and see if I like me yet, but because this right here is worth it the same way it would be worth it to put a healthy meal in front of another human being that I loved and was trying to nurture into something awesome. Someplace in here, there's usually oftentimes anyway, some tears and we can kind of, 
know, turn a corner and go, look, this is never, this plan that you're on right now, never, ever gets to success because you, if you do all this for extrinsic reasons, you think I'm doing all of these things so that the world would love me. And you don't really realize that what that really means is I'm doing all of these so that I can love me. What ends up happening is at any turn, any bump in the road, you quit. Think about it. You don't want to, let's say you, you, uh, you don't really want to be eating this way. You don't really want to be moving your body. You're doing it all sort of out of spite. So these stupid jerks will just love you for who you are. And all of it's a burden. It's a cross to bear. And then stress hits, for example, you have a stressful day or, or you get a big project dropped in your lap at work, something that's going to last a while, some sort of stress that would last multiple days. What, what stress is really good at for all of us is making us ridiculously selfish in a blink, right? In the blink of an eye, you're like, everybody else got to take the back burner. I've got to focus on this stressor right now. Right. It, well, it's and almost like if you're at work and you don't really want to be doing a, a, a thing at work and your internet goes down, uh, like you're it's just gonna relief. you're just gonna be like, well, well, I can't do that. But if you're motivated, it's like you're trying to book tickets to like a a trip that you're taking, and your internet goes down. What are you gonna do? Like you're gonna figure out how to get, how to like get the tickets booked. You know, like right. I've gotten up and been like, well, I'm going home. See you guys later. <laughs> right, exactly, well, totally. And so can't do anything about the internet. So bye. Yeah. <laughs> so contrast those intrinsic motivations to the extrinsic ones that you're doing. Like when you're extrinsically dieting and every, uh, every time you hit a bump in the road, you quit. When you're intrinsically motivated, first off, there's oftentimes no outcome focus. Like, think about it. Like, Mark, I know that you have a similar desire that I do to wanting to learn. You want to learn things. You want right. to absorb information yes. as you live. You're not thinking, I'm going to hit a level of information that I will be have absorbed and then I will be great. I will be wonderful. Something will happen and I can stop all of this. Right. So you just do it forever. So yeah. when you're, when you're extrinsically motivated to try to, to uh, change your body and you think that you're going to hit this spot. Yeah. I mean, usually these, these people haven't even talked to themselves about what they think is going to happen. Like what, if we wave a wand over your head and you look exactly the way that you want to look, that you've always dreamed just in, in the blink of an eye, we just are able to make you look that way. What do you have in that moment that you didn't have before? And literally what's going to happen is two or three people are going to walk by you in the hallway, wherever you hang out or work or church or whatever. And they're going to say, you look like you lost weight and that's it. And that usually makes it worse because when people get those compliments, they get that little dopamine hit and they never, they couldn't really find value in themselves internally. So they were going out into the world to look into the eyes of strangers to think, to see if they're valuable and they get those compliments and it's that hit that they want. When the compliments quit coming, people do crazy things. But beyond that, your kids don't make honor roll. A sick loved one doesn't get well. Nobody kicks in your door, throws money at you and makes you date supermodels. <laughs> Nothing happens right. except whatever happens in your head that you think is going to be all this relief. But what you're doing is you're expecting that I am someone who's mean to me that will change when I physically change my body. So for example, I look in the mirror and I choose to say things to myself like, Oh God, you're just, you're a disgusting pig. Let, let's just take that to a different form of abuse and say that you look in the mirror 
and you literally ball your fist up and start punching yourself in the face. So you're punching yourself in the face over and over again. It's self-abuse. And then you tell somebody else, if I can make my butt smaller, I'd be able to stop doing this. And that's an extreme example, right. but it's the exact same level of nonsense. Yeah. So when you're looking in the mirror saying my butt's too big and I'm disgusting, the first thing you have to realize is that that is a thought and thoughts are a choice. So if you are going to decide to stand here and think this, what do you expect to happen? If I stand here and be mean to myself for, you know, five, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes, I will produce blank. What is that? If I stand here and abuse myself verbally, I will make better dietary choices today. Right. I will. I will sit. I will lose weight. <laughs> I'll get, yeah, I'll go to the gym. I'll, you know, what, what are you expecting to happen yeah. through that abuse? And half the time when this kind of stuff happens, women are actively working on losing weight. They're, they're, they're trying to eat right, exercise, whatever, and still abusing themselves like that, which is very much like screaming about how dirty your hands are while you're washing them. Like you're, you're working on it right now. What is this abuse for? What are you going to use this for? And if when people say, you know, that, that, that will help me stay motivated. Well, I just want anybody to give me one single example of that anywhere in their life where the meaner I was to myself, the better I did at something. And then when I got there, I was legitimately actually happy. Right. And perfectionism is another thing that comes into all of this. When, when you're extrinsically motivated and you hate this whole process, it's um, well, I mean, it's an on or off switch. And you'll see this when people go on vacation. I, I'm not going to be able to do alt shift. So I'll get back on track when I get back and they turn the switch to off. And now, you know, maybe there's a dinner where they fully weren't going to be able to control their food. But the next morning they order the waffles instead of the, you know, meat lovers omelet. They didn't have to, but the switch is in the off position. And because they're not trying to do this as often as they can contrast that to you're intrinsically motivated to play the violin and life gets real, really busy. When do you play the violin? Whenever you have time, you don't put the switch in the off position and pick it back up two months from now, especially not after saying, okay, well, it's Wednesday. I could play the violin, but I'll get back on track on Monday. It's there's nothing like that. Right. It's the very second I've got the opportunity to play the violin. I will play it because I'm not or, playing or read it. a book or whatever it is that right. you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. So intrinsic motivations work very different than extrinsic ones and extrinsic motivations happen in people who are trying to create something that they can finally like rather than treating themselves in a way that says I already love me and take care of me and nurture me. And unfortunately those extrinsic motivations, well, I've never seen them at least if you don't at least manage them and reduce them, it's not like you have to become 100% intrinsically motivated, right. but if you don't be, if, if you can say to yourself, I dislike who I am and the way I look, and I'm not going to be comfortable until I'm in a smaller body. And that's the only thing you're aiming for. I will bet my bottom dollar and all the money I'll make the rest of this year that you will fail. You, you may very well get to your ideal weight, but you're going back. So trying to, there's so much to unpack here and this is, and we don't have time. We're, we're, we're out of time. 
So, and like, this is what you can't, this is not an infomercial uh, pitch, you know? It's like, people just want the pill or the, just, just send me my food dry, f- frozen in a box, and I'll eat that, you know, like... Give me the powder, and I'll mix it in. And yeah, be- so yeah. this this takes time, and so talk about the self-care initiative, uh, okay. pr- promote all that real quick. Yeah, so um, the self-care initiative is a newer uh, program of mine that is kind of the most recent outpouring of all of this, where... I realized that a lot of times people need that step that's that's you pull out the you take these people that have been dieting and 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 really in a, at a war with their bodies for a long time and you pull out the concept of food and diet and exercise and all that in order to get smaller you just pull it all out for 4 weeks and you build self-worth through this master class and in in the self-care initiative uh, it's a Four, four week, 28 day program with every day except day one and day 28 have interactive components that I made through the advice of my psychologist friend. And so there's, you know, workbook style engagements where you're, you're asked to take the information from the lessons and then apply them to your own life. But they are, it, you know, we're digging it. When I say self-care, I don't mean like massages and bubble baths. <laughs> right. I mean, sure, sure. That can be part of self-care. But what I mean is, um, you know, dealing with things like cognitive distortions, like catastrophizing and believing everything is always your fault, uh, self-deprecation, perfectionism, talking about, uh, you know, I, I have a whole lesson that talks to the givers, the people that give themselves away to the degree that they suffer. And basically what they're saying is you can have all of my resources. They're sort of, you know, weak and I'm not, you know, I don't have a lot to give. And you can contrast that to somebody going, you know, I'm freaking awesome and I'm on your team and the difference between those two scenarios. Right. Um, the people we talk to the people who uh, when asked a question are so concerned with what everybody else thinks that they're, you know, what's your favorite color? Oh crap. What does this person want my favorite color to be? Now, obviously that's an extreme example, but there are very, very many of the women that I work with that do this, especially in the workplace where they are super timid and oftentimes get walked on and uh, are doing far more work than the other people around them. The, the typically the men around them who are, you know, just being jerks, but getting paid the same amount. And uh, the women are, are, you know, getting run over and taking work home in their heads and a lot of extra stress because they're, they're not setting up those, those boundaries. Right. But so in a nutshell, it is a, um, it is a self-worth masterclass designed to uh, build intrinsic motivations because you can't do real self-care for extrinsic motivations. Right. I can't sit around and work on not beating myself up in my head, like eliminating self-deprecation so that you'll like me more. Yeah. I can't like reduce has to perfectionism. Be inner, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, even, you know, just doing things like getting up multiple times of the day, stretching, getting short exercise breaks, meditation, all that stuff. You can't meditate. So other people are like you. I mean, maybe there's a situation if you hang out with a bunch of Buddhist monks or something, but, (laughs) but you know, I, you're, we, we build these things from this, the, these perspectives of intrinsic motivations and the concepts that, that, um, you know, make a life better through health and vitality. And these women very quickly realize, and there are men in that program too. I shouldn't just say women. It's just, I, up until this point, I've been working almost exclusively with women, but the self-care initiative has sort of opened the door again. But this program has been called my magnum opus 
people have said things like, um, I, I had no, just recently in our, in our private Facebook group, people said, uh, or somebody said, I had no idea how much this, this course was going to change my life. Um, it, this is the kind of stuff that they're, that they're talking about in there because of the places that I'm forcing them to go. There's a sort of undertone of, Oh, this is, this is tough. Some of this stuff is stuff I didn't want to have to face, but now that you've made me notice it, I absolutely must deal with it. I must work on it and it's improving lives. Well, and a lot of listeners are kind of probably hear this and go, okay, great. So continue the interview and tell me how to improve my self care. No. Remember, just like what I said at the beginning of the show, what you're going to do is email me simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. If you are interested in learning how to sign up for this, and then I will send you a link where you can go and learn more and see how it works and sign up if you so desire. So that's the way to do it. If you are interested in this, working with Jason one-on-one, email me, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you in just a second. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Okay. Here's the deal. That was very intriguing. And uh, what I love about Jason is not like... He's he's there's no one else in his arena that is that is hardly even talking about how to lose weight, right? It's like all about like the psyche and like body beliefs is a great book that you need to read if you haven't read it. And uh and anyway, I just I it this is the stuff that's like really sustainable. Like when we talk about simply human is like, you know, yeah, you, okay, so that's one of the points that Jason hit kind of early on and we got into self-care stuff and obviously that's that's what he's working on now but uh the you know how many times have you gained 10 pounds and lost 10 pounds right. well i need to lose some weight well no you're really really good at losing weight yeah. it's keeping it off longer term it's the it's it's the sustainability because anybody out there you i mean anybody could go get i don't know some richard simmons videos from 1980 and lose some weight <laughs> right. but like then you have to manage to keep that off find a way to keep that off in your life. That's what sustainability is all about. Right. So if you want to know, learn more, okay, I want to do this. I'm interested in the self-care initiative. I'm sick of all of this stuff. I want, I want to do it right. And you, and, and I don't know. Well, anyway, remember, I just said it, email me if you want more information, simply human lifestyle at gmail.com and just say, Hey, I want more information on the self-care initiative. That's all you have to do. You talk about a guy that's not going to like beat around the bush. Like he's going to tell you how it is, tell it how it is. And it's, and it's going to be a good thing. I don't, you know, he's got a deal at the bottom. It's like, if, uh, like email this email, if you want all your money back, be like in, for any reason. And I, I don't think that anybody has ever done that. So anyway, I'm going to do it and I'm going to demand all my money back the very last <laughs> Just, just, uh, like just to do it. Like that's a very Nathan for you thing. To, uh, to do. <laughs> yes. But, uh, I mean, uh, you, I mean, you said it, uh, Jason's going to give it to you directly. He's not going to him and haw about it. He's going to call it as he sees it. But the thing is, uh, he's really direct about it, but it, he clearly knows exactly what he's talking about. And he is in the business of helping you, uh, I don't know, be, be become a better person right. overall. And yeah. it's not about losing weight. It's about healing what's in your head. Because right. God, Lord knows, uh, we've all got just a tangle of just weeds up there sometimes. So. Is God Lord the new deity you're worshiping? You said, I said good Lord, Mark. You said God Lord. 
God, the God Lord is that, and then you said weed. You're like you? a, you're like the person who like anytime there's like 69 seconds left in the game, you pause it and you take a picture of it and you send it to. All the oh wait, no, me? Uh, that, that is you. No, that's you. <laughs> oh my, the score is six to nine. Six uh, nine. I did play Crazy Aids with my daughter tonight, and I won. <laughs> I won. I had a, a, a three sixes, and I put them down, and, and I was out of cards, and I sent a text to y'all like, look what I beat my daughter with, like, <laughs> six, six, six. Face six. And gave the devil a horn, and I was like, hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> As you ran I off screaming. the power of the dark lord. <laughs> to beat you in Crazy Aids. <laughs> Um, speaking of, oh, I remember what I was going to tell you at the beginning. Okay, very quickly, and I've already written down for episode 204, Crosstalk, is 911 calls. Oh, boy. We, I, we did that in our Citizens Police Academy. I, we did, we listened to that, and I'm, we're going to talk about one of those from okay. Abilene, which is oh, o- man. only in Abilene. Oh, yeah, I got a question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I got to go... Rear end up on the corner of my trailer. I got to go. Just the reason here. I got to go into the evidence area and see this. The police department. Dang it! I'll bleep that out. Yes. Does your police department have a murder wall in evidence? Oh, oh, I don't know if in evidence, but I mean, listen, we're a larger city than Abilene is. We have quite a few more crazy things like that so i'm sure we have so i just they, i don't get to go back there they don't let regular people back there it's well they were there was just like guns in boxes and there was like a big trash oh, can yeah. with rifles oh, yeah, in yeah, it yeah. I, okay so when i was a when i was a rookie uh we we did do a tour back through there just so we could see and uh yeah there's you know uh, 20 bookshelves that are just full. just guns confiscated the room, which we weren't allowed in but we could they open the door and let us see there's just these huge it looks like a hay like 20 hay bales yeah and it's just weed Weed. yeah just sitting in there waiting for a court to be done so they can destroy it so yeah or the cops that work down there can smoke it no those guys they get drug tested all the time i don't want that job (laughs) (laughs) just kidding just kidding uh don't do drugs kids okay that's gonna do it for this edition of silly podcast And remember, so, so, wait, I didn't say so until next time. You just said, and remember, and I didn't say so until next time. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Simeon Podcast. And remember, the big country is a place. I think you did it right. So until next time, don't do drugs. (laughs) 